Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans. This is episode number 50 of Because WCW, the greatest podcast in the history of this great sport, and of course, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean Ayers, and I am joined as ever by sports com- communist you did that's, it again yeah yes i am a communist you're, you're i'm just going to call you a sports communist from now but, on but i'm only a communist when it comes to sports to make that abundantly clear. absolutely yes and blue tick wanker liam hap liam good evening how are you doing i'm wearing my party hat episode 50 yeah and, uh, also look at the adjective podcast might as well run through the whole act I love it I'm so happy that we have uh, lasted this long to be honest yeah we started this in in September 2017 we've had two massive laptop malfunctions but here we are three massive laptop malfunctions but here we are and just want to say Genuinely, seriously, thank you if you have downloaded even one episode of this from wherever you get your podcasts from. We really do appreciate it. If you could rate and review us and give us five stars, go on. I mean, I know WCW five stars isn't something that you normally put together, but, you know, why go on, break the habit of a lifetime and do yes, it. Please, um, War Games 92 us, please. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and also if, you know, if, if, you're, if people are thinking about you know, where to start, tell, tell them to start with the later stuff because we, we realised that our first six episodes, these sound levels are pretty horrendous, but more people keep listening to the very first episode, Starcade 97, than anywhere else, which is annoying us. But what can you do? Who would have thought that people would have started at episode number one? Yeah, how dare they? And to yeah. be fair, Dean, there is half a chance that the reason they're running a mile after listening to that first episode is we've depressed them so badly with the realities of how WCW blew it at the end of 97 with Hogan, Sting and a bunch of other stuff. They probably thought, fuck this shit, find me a cheerful wrestling podcast. Plus the fact that I sound like I'm locked in the toilet cubicle. Well, you were. There's no point lying to our listeners. Well, yeah, there, there was that. Yeah, I was, you know, I was hiding from the dynamite kid. Don't blame you. No. Um, so, um, so yeah, episode fifty, Nitro Watch Along. Um, so we, we've we've hit nineteen ninety six, and um, this is the week. Incidentally, we won't see anything this week, but maybe we'll see what happens next week, because the Monday Nitro, sorry, the Monday Night Raw of of January the 8th, 1996, featured the debut of some skits featuring Billionaire Ted, The Huckster, The Macho Man, and Scheme Gene. Remember them? I do, but I'm, I'm sure it's just the WWE firing back from those pot shots we've covered on previous watch-alongs. I am oh, extremely confident that WCW has had their fun and they won't be petty at all on this episode. God, no. But um, it'd be interesting to see uh, if anything develops from that in uh, this episode or indeed next week. Another thing that's worth noting was that uh, the public enemy who had been signed from from ECW at the time, um, they were scheduled to make their debut on this episode. But Rocco rocked Ted Petty. Um, He was stuck in a snowstorm in New Jersey and couldn't make it. So they had to postpone that. Um, to the following week, and it's that's funny something you say that. Have you seen the stuff about Raw for this evening? Because I'm very confident I'm going to publish this as the the evening we're recording this here on on the uh, Monday night. I have it looks not. Like there is a uh, the, the the venue of Raw this evening. There is a lot of snowfall, and there is talk that uh, roads are being blocked, and it could cause some problems. I think I saw Brian Alvarez tweet about it. So I'm going to dig that up. Oh, so I see. Just, yes. 
Tonight's Raw is taking place at the Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City, Utah. The city is dealing with a significant snowstorm, but the arena wrote that Raw is planned to go on as scheduled. Just uh, just shove some water from the salty lake. That's all you need to do. It could, what I'm worried about, though, is it might half the what what would have been the attendance, and it will be down to only like an eighth of what the stadium holds. Ah. Oh. Yeah, just the three-piece suite in front of the hard cam. Yeah. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. Right. Well, um, shall we? Uh, shall we get cracking with uh, this episode of Nitro, which goes 53 minutes 44 as they creep ever longer. So if you are watching this on WWE Network or wherever you may get your hooky streams of things from, um, we are looking at episode 19 of Monday Nitro, original broadcast date January the 8th, 1996. We're on 000000. Liam, are you ready? I am on 000001. Will you hold that against me? Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what are you holding hit. against me, just to be clear? Um, a knife. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that I'm escalated going... quickly. I mean, I'm, 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 uh, I'm inspired by Tank Abbott, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Check back um, that episode. I, th- I think that episode was okay on the audio front. Even if it's not, yeah. it's worth it. It was amazing. That was one of the greatest fuck-ups of all time. Oh, Tank, Tank Abbott literally pulls a knife on someone live on pay-per-view. <laughs> anyway, we will press play in three, two, one, go. Time for burning buildings, Liam. Here they come. They're burning. And going by the sound effects, I'm guessing it was caused by an electrical outage. Quite possibly. WCW production in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> here we go so monday nitro and this one is coming <laughs> here we go that was the worst time to pause <laughs> it's oh, there you go charleston i was trying to look up where it's from charleston south carolina this episode of nitro is coming it's coming Coming up anytime soon. Let's see what he's drawn. He's dressed that stupid dog as today. Well, we've already set the bar quite low ourselves, so there's nothing he can do to uh, Mongo. I mean, to to bring things down any further. But Did I actually like, uh, like the dog sweater. in the bomber jacket. Oh, he has, isn't he? Heenan's sweater's much better. Heenan's sweater's great. It looks like uh, it's made out of maths paper, <laughs> and. Um, and I think surely all that dog needs is a pair of goggles and he would basically be dressed as Biggles. Unfortunately, I think the dog is more likely to finish the Sudoku on Heenan's jumper than Mongo is. This, this is true. I'm just imagining, do you think that like Mongo has this little wardrobe of all these different outfits for the dog or does he just hire them? Yeah, uh, Mongo's doing a hard sell for tonight's lineup, so I'm guessing that Rory's live. Um, Uh, no it's not actually Raw Raw this week is absolute dog shit we've got um, Jeff Jarrett v Hakushi, Ahmed Johnson in a squash match and Goldust v Aldo Montoya that is your lineup. it's pre-taped from about a month ago they've basically given them a free pass on the ratings but they are as they've just recapped in the intro they're going hard with this we've got the tag match follow up to the New Year's Day Nitro. It's flaring on against Hogan the Savage. That's a, that's yep. a pretty stacked main event right there. Uh, we've had a few variants on that sort of main event before, and we've been perversely entertained each time. Speaking of the Horsemen, here come the other two. Yep. Pillman, who's slowly going mad by this point. Uh, do you know what? I'm already picking up on the little... I like the little things. He's wearing like a... A cool, trendy pair of sunglasses. Just, just little things like the jacket he wore last week. Just every, every time he comes out, he's doing something that just. 
ununiforms him slightly from the rest yes. of the horseman. He's got the horseman t-shirt on, but he he does something. He has a little touch. It really seems like they're playing that whole thing right. He would actually be the one if he'd have stuck around. He probably would have destroyed the horseman, which would have been a far better end to one of the biggest factions of all time than to have him just fizzle out as a joke. To be fair. Mm. And here comes uh, Alex Wright. He's stolen Pillman's jacket. How dare he? <laughs> he has. Now, these two could very well have faced each other in the CWA in Germany. Whoa, Benoit <laughs> with a massive clothesline as Wright is taking his jacket off. Now, whip him with a jacket. Oh, no, I thought he was going to whip him with his own jacket. That's a move you just don't see anymore, a snap suplex. Ooh. There's got to be someone out there on on the indie scene who can just lever a snap suplex, like Chris Benoit could. I suppose the track record of those who use the move frequently isn't very good. It's not great. No. I'm just waiting for a news thing on this Netflix documentary to reveal that Aaron Hernandez used snap suplexes in his spare time. He'd fit the profile. Too much. If only I knew who, uh, who Aaron, who is it? Aaron Hernandez? NFL guy, murderer. Documentary oh. about him on Netflix, I think. Oh, okay. Very, uh, without looking it up, so correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but um, I believe it was very much a similar story to Benoit. Oh, okay. With the CTE in it. Yeah, okay, I wasn't aware of that. Beautiful Northern Lights suplex from Benoit. The bridge on that is fantastic. So Wright's now been thrown to the floor, and I was going to say, is Pillman doing anything? Yes, he is. Pillman is ch- choking him out with his T-shirt that he's taken off and just posing with t- posing to the camera at the same time and generally just looking like a bit of a, well, of a loose cannon, I guess. He just, he, he just reminds you of how brilliant he was. He... He made a big thing about lifting the T-shirt above his arms before he put it on. It was pantomime at his very best. And then, yeah, as you said, he's turned to the camera with a look of absolute glee as he's choking him, throttling him with a T-shirt. I always just think Pillman just went, I mean, not just the fact he died so so young, but the fact that, you know, a year, year and a half later, he would have been such a perfect fit for the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean, you think early on, 97 and all the, you know, the the formulative things of the Attitude Era, he was very much part of it. You remember that storyline with Goldust and Marlena, uh, the, the the gun angle with Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, he was a founding father of that Attitude Era, in, in a sense. So Wright's now mounted a bit of a comeback. He's just slingshotted uh, Benoit over the top rope. But the referee hasn't disqualified him. Baseball slide drop kick sends Benoit into the rails. This is a lot of fun so far. I mean, yeah. not a lot of people would put Alex Wright in Chris Benoit's class, and rightly so. But he's he's clearly someone who can handle at this stage in his career. It's still quite early, but he can handle wrestling at a decent level at a fast pace. So he can keep up with Benoit, even if yeah, Benoit's uh, still like a, a, a you know a country mile above him. But Benoit obviously thrives with people who can go at his at his pace, his tempo. And so this is a sprint with Pillman just adding yeah. so much to it in the second role. You think performances like this from Pillman? You think they'd have had more of a role in uh, his his that short period of his career after he destroyed his ankles. Mm. Because when he did wrestle in WWE, he was shot, wasn't he? He, he just, oh, yeah. Just shelved his former self physically and understandably so. So, right still on top here. Body slam and a cover. But the pace has slowed. I mean, not that that's a criticism because they started out a million miles an hour. <laughs> Bischoff's already going on the offensive. Well, what's that? So he's talking about how much great free wrestling WCW will have, whereas the company he thinks is called Titanic Sports <laughs> are raising the prices on their 
on their pay-per-views, including the Royal Fumble. Ah. So he's just going straight for it. And yes, when I did predict that they would take the higher road on this particular episode, I already knew they didn't. I didn't have to look it up. I just knew <laughs> that Bischoff won. He has been getting progressively cattier on each episode, hasn't he? Oh, God, yeah. And as I said, yeah, this is probably before the billionaire Ted skits of air, so I don't know if he heard about them or what. Yeah, there'd have definitely been some leaks on production, surely. But but yeah, he was heading down this this spiral anyway with his with his pot shots. Wright's enjoying a lot of offense on mm. this. And and also Ben um, Bischoff in the commentary there was talking about how nineteen ninety five was their most successful year ever. It was the first year ever that WCW turned a profit. Yes. Which, and if uh, from reading the uh, Nitro book by Guy Evans, was uh, meant that Bischoff won a one dollar bet with someone else on the Turner Board of Directors. I remember that little. That was a cool little story. But the whole thing, even though it was a one dollar bet, there was obviously a big thing about hand. He had him hand it over at a party, didn't he? Like the whole yes. thing of it, which obviously means so much more than the actual dollar going into a vending machine. Like a few moments oh, later, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> And Wright is still on top of this match. He's weathered some interference from Pillman, but always eating these there. Yeah, went for a, a splash, landed on the knees of Benoit. This is ticking all the boxes so far of a great TV match. Yeah. He's blocked the dragon suplex. He's going to go for his own one. I know he you know, does the German, doesn't he? Yeah. This is good stuff. Yeah, for an opening match as well, it's all action. And if you're kind of channel hopping between the two shows, I th- yeah, you're going to stick to Nitro at this rate. Yeah, I mean, the, the name stars draw more eyes. And the best way for those who aren't on the level of a Hogan or a Savage to do that is just to go hell for leather, to get out of there before it overstays its welcome. Pillman's helping, oh, there's oh, the oh. dragon suplex. Vicious That's dragon it. suplex. Not getting up from that. There may have been more snap on that than on the snap suplex I was praising earlier. Yeah, that was fantastic. Oh, that that was everything a TV match should be. Oh, Ben <laughs> just spat on him. Just stuck four fingers in his face and then spat on, spat on him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, do you hear? He's walking thin ice. Don't be surprised if you don't see Brian Pillman in WCW for a whole lot longer. <laughs> so clearly they're, they're, they're figuring something out about this. And unfortunately, they have too much of this whole work shoot uh, yeah, because phenomenon didn't, in there. Yeah, Yeah, because didn't Pillman basically get Bischoff to legitimately... He, he worked Bischoff. He got him to legitimately fire him to worked make people him into believe... A shoot, brother. Yeah, to make people believe the angle, and then, and then basically got himself signed to WWF. Oh, well, Guerrero ooh. v Regal next. That we're cool. off to a brilliant start, and Guerrero Regal should be an interesting mesh of styles. Otherwise, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I like that we're we're off to a brilliant start. We're not sure how it's going to end with Hogan and Savage teaming up in the main event. I mean, with Flair and Arn as well, what what was that match? Was it Hogan and Sting, maybe, against Flair and Arn? Where they just, I think all four just hammed it up. They kept it energetic. And obviously, it's, uh, it's, a lot of it is still 80s cliche stuff. But they kept it entertaining. It was, this was only a few weeks ago, I think. Mm. It was just a slight variation of what we're getting to. And if they just dish out the same thing, it's nothing incredible. But it'll be a, on the past foul, as we always say. Keep it light, keep it entertained, keep it energetic. It'll get a tick. Uh, I can't see Regal and Guerrero struggling on a pass foul. And it does mean we get two of the most underrated WCW themes. What? Anderson and... Uh... No, in this match, we've got um, oh, this Re- match, Lord Regal's March coming out too. And now we've got the generic babyface Guerrero theme. I like this one. Bam, 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 I mean, bam, surely, Guerrero v. Regal, it's not going to be anything other than good. Well, 
they're both very good. Guerrero's known for being one of the most compatible wrestlers ever. He can work well with anyone. Regal's one detriment was that he didn't have that, but sometimes he would struggle to to compute with other wrestlers. So it's going to go one way or the other, I would guess, but they're both world-class. We know that. I don't know. Regal could do a good brawl. He could do a good technical match. He he. Thought, I remember when they tried to give him a little more... Well, on two occasions, they tried to elevate him in WWE. One of them, he got busted for... for um, I can't yeah. remember what it was exactly, but it's a, some wellness breaking supplements. And the other one was because uh, he, when he had the Intercontinental title run for a little bit, he was doing the brass knuckle spot. He was just, there were too many matches with other great workers that just weren't coming out very well. It's always been a fear. You remember the infamous Goldberg yeah, and the urban myth surrounding that. There'd just be a lot of... You'd imagine Guerrero would just slot as much into Regal style as possible. Well, the thing is, Guerrero's a great technical wrestler as well as the, the high-flying and the comedy and stuff like that. And, you know, he's going he's gonna to show this gonna show this here. But another thing with Regal is he is one of the best sellers going especially it's not going to be a factor in this match but especially against larger opponents i remember seeing a match between um him and the big show and the way he sold for the big show's offense was like nothing you'd seen before in america and it was exactly basically exactly how he had always sold when he was working giant haystacks in this country yeah, and he just he just transferred that from haystacks to big show and it made big show look like an absolute monster Better than anyone had ever worked. I, I thought anyone had worked with him before from that point of just putting him over as a monster. Fair enough. And yeah, so, so far they, they are working very down, very much down Regal Avenue. It's it's the chain wrestling on the mat. They're both using the, the facials and that to, to try and make sure the crowd don't wander off. It's working so far. It's, it's obviously nowhere near as energetic as our... As our first match, they don't have the benefit of a Pillman galloping around ringside, but... Mm. Bischoff's also just talked about, again, forget about the Royal Fumble, watch Nitro, and they've got Clash of the Champions on the 23rd, which I think was a Tuesday after um, after the Rumble. Yeah, the, cl- the Clash schedule was always a strange one. Obviously, it never really affected us, because we'd, we'd always end up getting bits of clashes spliced into worldwide on in the UK, didn't we? Yes. That was how I watched the infamous um Sting Rick Rude title change back in the day. They oh, turned they was, turned it into an episode of Worldwide. That was the best clash. Mm. I can't remember the number, I've got seventeen in my head, but that might not be right at all. But I yeah, know, that, it was the that November ninety one one. Yeah, that straight that after whole... Havoc show-long angle with Sting and Rude was fantastic. And Sting comes back down with his tights cut off at the knee and a big white bandage around his knee and stuff. Mm. And then no sells the hell out of it for a while. But the crowd was hot, so... (laughs) I love Sting to bits, but he was one of the main proponents of forgetting that he had a bad knee in many (laughs) matches. Uh, they're doing the old, uh, I thought they were going to do the old Guerrero Malenko spot, but no, and Regal then, after all the technical wrestling, Regal gets a thumb to the eyes of Guerrero. See, I don't think they've lost the crowd or anything, but the, obviously in this sort of match, it's a much quieter arena. Regal's kind of checking in with the audience every now and then, isn't he, with a little close. Yeah. You, can, you can hear him, they're still into this, but... The liveliness of the first match, and obviously early on the show, always gets that extra boost as well. Oh, nice tangle. I thought we had him there. Mm. That's the cool thing about TV matches as well. You you, you watch an elaborate pay-per-view match, and you know it's not going to finish there. But on Nitro, or any similar such, NXT had a good reputation for it. That could have been the finish. Mm. That's not a bad thing, I don't think. Not at all. I love the distinction between a good TV match and a good proper 
uh, advanced build pay-per-view showdown, you know? Oh, inverted vertical suplex. Absolutely fantastic. You don't see that these days at all. Still so animated as it as he goes through the gears now. You could see these two go in 20. You know they won't on Nitro, but you could see these two going 20 minutes in this format. Yeah. And it's that thing that Regal does again of when he's on the offense, he barely ever lets go of his opponent. You saw him there where he had, had Regal on the mat and he held onto his wrist just to keep keep hold of a limb, you know. Yeah, just absolutely smothering. It, it makes it more distinct as well. When a, when a good guy throws off their offense, it makes it look more more aesthetically pleasing, more virtuous, you know, when you got the heel who's just like smothering you, like st- the way Stoke are reputed to play football. It's a more ugly style. How many, how many wrestlers have kind of like contradicted their bad guy status by in the past by, by wrestling visually stimulating. Mm. Trying to think of a good example of a wrestler who just completely wrestles like a different guy or girl hill face i'm struggling for the best example obviously there which, are some. which shouldn't yeah which shouldn't be guerrero shouldn't be in the ring i suppose he's a, he's a good proponent of that regal's now getting frustrated that he can't put guerrero away he's going for multiple quick pinfalls but not getting there he's now smacking him in the face with the, the heel of his hand so far, they are working this like a really good 20-minute TV title match at a pay-per-view. Yes, I know, but that's how they do it. Uh, that would be great if not for the fact that you know how it's going to end. <laughs> yeah. Guerrero's fighting back. Regal's facials here are just fantastic. And the fact he's now striking him with an open hand and, and showing the ref the heel of his hand and it is perfectly legal, as Bischoff said on the commentary. Yeah, we, we've picked a good Nitro to happen to be our 50th episode, haven't yeah. we? I mean, this this match could could literally be transplanted into the old world of sport. It is mm. that exact style. You know, a drop kick there is a high spot. And there's nothing, and I'm not saying that in a negative way either. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's make make everything mean something. Yeah, and it's, no one should ever see that as a bad thing either. You'd never complain about a penny being given the value of a pound, would you? No. And that's exactly what they're doing here. They're, they're, they're making a penny worth a pound. And they're getting so much value out of the little things they're doing. Yeah, I could easily see this match unfolding on the undercard of any WCW pay I'll happily watch this while waiting for the for the big matches. You know, this yeah. is good and stuff Regal's, so far. Regal's facials now getting really vicious, and <laughs> out of nowhere, they go just what you were saying. Out of nowhere, he gets the pinfall, and, Re- and now Regal. Beating the shit out of him because he's unhappy. Regal smothering him in the same way you were saying he was doing in the match, and he kept doing it after the pinfall. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, but you that could, is exactly you... what you were saying. That you know, a TV match, the finish can come anytime, anywhere, or any method, and it was just a backslide out of nowhere. And I wasn't expecting that to be the finish either. It was a sort of thing where because it was so good and so enjoyable, you would you would prefer to watch another 10 minutes of that. But yeah, so if you're going to have it on TV, that was, that was absolutely enjoyable. I don't think they ever did have a match on pay-per-view after this. No, but you could have easily gone that way. It's not, I mean, at, at this stage, if I remember correctly, Guerrero and Regal were pretty much just doing stuff on TV because they're two of the most capable guys in the company. So yeah. you could have given them that little program. Why not after that, after that evidence? Oh, mean Gene just said about the new generation, which is the uh, WWF slogan saying they're very close to two people who are very close to collecting social security. Was that like reference to people like Lawler and Piper? Who are says, in there? says 80s relic mean Gene Oakland. But we have Sting and Luger being interviewed now. So how long will it take either of these men to lose their train of thought live on national television? I mean, to be fair, Sting's usually a bit more confident, but we'll see. 
So they're try they're trying to make a bit of a thing about the Starcade Triangle match. And those of you who listened to our last watch along, the January first, which was the Nitro after Starcade, will see they came out and did a tag match like they never had any problems in the history of their life. So we were a bit confused by that, and now we're going back to them being a bit contentious as friends. Yeah. So last week didn't happen, everyone. So we're getting the uh, the yeah the replay of Luger costing Sting the uh, triangle match. He's accusing yeah he's accusing Luger of costing him the match by not letting him get in the ring. Yeah, last week. Yeah, last week was New Year's Eve. They're both a bit pissed. They're full of uh, crisps and nachos and yeah. He says he was grabbing all the sting because he needed help up after the two wrestled each other at the last stage of that triangle match and spilled to the floor. They stayed out because of Luger pulling sting and Flair advanced to that mess of a fucking main event. So Luger's yeah. talking about the two of them tagging up at the clash in Las Vegas. The, the story, you know I love this storyline and this is an interesting oh, thing to pay off of but last week left a sour taste in my mouth. Like The continuity just... As you said, they just took a week off the whole fucking storyline. And we see people rake WWE over the coals for doing that, and rightly so. Because mm. the TV shows on Netflix and on Sky that think they can disregard their storylines and run about, they're the ones that don't get commissioned for other seasons. The the great TV shows, the Breaking Bads and all that, they have amazing continuity in storytelling. They build you up. That's part of it. So, no, we're not bickering over little, tiny, yeah. insignificant things here. That's the key to good fucking television, regardless of genre. So, they've just said that we are, uh, we're going to get Sting and Luger teaming up against the Blue Bloods in the, at the, the January Clash. Hmm. But um, we've next, we've got Sting against DDP, which is an intriguing matchup. Yeah, a main event a few years after this. Yeah. Do you remember this DDP theme with the motorcycle revs at the start? No. Generic as you like. But yeah. Very much a cigar chomping. Ill-fitting outfit or ill-matching outfit, I should say. I had a soft spot for DDP as a as a light-hearted bad guy. Mm. It's just amazing to think how we transformed. We're basically, this calendar year, we're recapping. We're going to have to pay close attention to whenever he does get on Nitro. Yeah. We're going to watch it develop. Now, you see, this is something I don't... You talk about continuity. We've had the interview with Sting and Luger. So Sting went... Sting was interviewed on the ramp... He's then gone backstage to come out again a few minutes later. And it also means that the crowd have already seen him live. So he's not going to get the same level of response as he would have got if he came out fresh. Why couldn't they have had the interview with Mean Gene in the dressing room and played it on the screen? So you see him, but you're not live and then have him come out to get that live pop. Most companies wised up soon after this and it became the norm exactly how you described it. Uh, but yeah, it also spits in the face of the format that precedes it, which was the studio style, where they would come out, do their words, and then go straight to the ring for their match, which we're yeah. seeing with NWA Power still has a bit of legs to it and has a nice feel to it for a TV episode. So yeah, uh, yeah this is a this is a transition between those two try and tested formats, which, as you said, is the worst of both worlds. Indeed. So my question here is. Are we going to get? Yeah, we let, let's face it. We know what the result's going to be. <laughs> oh, cigar to the face! He's gone the full Joey Barton by showing <laughs> a cigar in his face. Um, sorry, UK. That's uh, so a UK football reference for people there. Um, are we going to get Sting Malenko style match here, where we know what the result's going to be, but the actual match is pleasantly competitive, or? Or is this just going to be a bit of a squash in the end? Yeah, well, I 
I don't expect this match to match up to the first two belts on this show from an in-ring no. standpoint. But one thing I am confident of, and DDP... Oh, nice off, bump from DDP. Yeah, he they kind are, of did the tiger mask in the ropes thing and then got drop kicked through the ropes. That was cool. And as as I was saying before that happened, they're already kind of following through what I was going to say I was hoping for. I am confident that they will be up there on a Pillman Regal level of facials and animation and character and interacting with the crowd. Because we know they can both do that with the best of them. So it should be entertaining, even if not in an, uh, a purely in-ring way. Oh. I don't know if that was actually meant to happen or what, because they kind of stalled a bit there, but... <laughs> oh, and of course, yes, Diamond Dallas Page has now lost the Diamond Doll to uh, Johnny B. Bad, hasn't he? Yeah, in in that series of matches that really brought Page up to a level where he could potentially be something more than bottom of the card fluff. Mm. You can see that, that his, his, his confidence and his ring presence are... Uh, pretty damn good here considering like what most people who've watched those know about his uh his his first few years that that feud with bad pretty much minted him didn't it it got him where he needed to go for the rest of his career definitely i like sting doing the pissed off kick out there because he's fallen foul of all these nefarious tactics, and he's gone. Page has gone for his first actual cover attempt after taking control, and Sting's like kicked proper out and sat up like he's yeah. gonna get it in a minute. <laughs> but at the moment, it's all Page. Hmm. Well, we saw now, um, ben, Benoit give uh, Alex Wright a lot. We saw Guerrero give Regal a lot. So this is three singles matches, uh, three distinctly different styles so far, uh, all enjoyable so far, and all three people going down to defeat, because let's face it, we know where it's going here. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't know that... that Mongo's given the result away, kind of. <laughs> what did uh, Mongo say? He's saying about how um, a... A, a, a loss to Sting's not going to help, and Heenan's have to try and like cover it a bit. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that bit. But um, there's something that was happening there where where um, Page had his feet on the ropes and then would take them off, and the referee would look at the wobbling middle rope and say, yeah, "Did you do something?" When I was uh, when I was managing um, people, and they would do that. The moment they took the their uh, moment they took their feet off the ropes, I would like grab the rope and try and stop it wobbling, just to further in further annoy the crowd because we're just trying to get away with uh, blatantly cheating in front of their faces. Love it, old school. I need to get down to one of these shows. February the twentieth is my next one. February North, the 20th. February the 20th at the Northbrook Theatre in Worthing. Northbrook Theatre in Worthing. See, I don't have any formal pro wrestling training, but I know to recite the date and the venue over and over again. So you're welcome. You can send my money in the post. You're welcome. <laughs> so a women's tag match. I'm, I'm managing uh, Amazon, Aisha Raymond, and Astrid the Viking versus uh, Zan Phoenix and Zoe Lucas. Ah. It's going to be a great match. They've just Both of them have come back from America and Japan, respectively. So our date night at a pro wrestling eve show at the start of the year has... Uh, <laughs> it's all beginning to make sense now. I think Sting's had enough. Yeah, he's... Oh, paid... No, he went, he went for the Sting... He hit the Stinger Splash. He went for the Scorpion, but he was too near the ropes and Paige grabbed the ropes and broke the hold and now he's just draped... He's just uh, caught Sting's neck across the top rope tell you what these two are not Alex Wright Chris Benoit Eddie Guerrero or Steve Regal but they are they've got this crowd in the palm of their hands 
Well, it's the star value of Sting. And here we go, roll up. A small package, I should say. But they have they have taken that and they have rode the wave superbly. I was wondering which metaphor I was going to go for. I settled for surfing, if that's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, Sting, surfer dude. That's true, know. yeah. Didn't even realise that at the time. This is really interesting because everyone was just thinking, oh, Sting's about to win this. And you'd kind of put in your mind, you'd geared up in your mind, that's the end of the match. And Paige escapes. And now he has been dominating this match ever since then. That pulled the crowd in. That was like, I mean, they've worked well with the crowd throughout, but that's what really got him. But here we go. Here we go. Nowhere. Yeah, just kicked, kicked Paige and dumped him on his feet, on, on his back and grabbed the feet. And... Page is in the middle of the ring, and there we go. And you know that, in a totally different way to Sting Malenko, but it was also a bloody good match, and a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Sting has got the expected win, and like the Malenko match, he's injected a lot of stock into the other guy. You know, this this is the sort of stuff. You, you have these sort of matches on the last decade or so of WWE TV rather than like the lull Cena wins formula, et cetera, et cetera. You've got a more interesting show and you, you've got more intrigue about the matches that come after it. Mm. Since loads of people always make comparisons about, you know, prime sting and prime Cena. There you go. This is, this is how Cena should have been getting it done. This is produced. They didn't have any competition. They just thought, yeah, we'll just have him crush everyone. Because we can. There's the uh, replay of uh, Sting putting... And I like the way Sting's put Diamond Dallas Page in the middle of the ring because he realises what happened previously. Yeah, and they put a lot of fight into it as well. You know, this wasn't him just, like, taking the legs and walking him over. He had, he had to do the step a couple of times. He he got to a point when he finally managed to get half the turn. He's, re, re, he's risen his arm up in the air because he's like, right, I've got him there. Now, real, three for three so far. This has been a great episode of Nitro. One yeah. of the best we've covered. Let's hope the main event doesn't ruin that. So here we go. Tuesday, January the 23rd is the Clash of the Champions. So... We're a couple of weeks away from that, and obviously that comes the day after a Nitro, so that'd be interesting to see how those two things interact. Do you know who I now want to speak to on this show? American WCW fans, any of them who watch this stuff live, like Clash on a Tuesday night, because I can't empathise with that at all. I've got no grasp of that. I couldn't well, even I couldn't even consciously consciously tell you what it was like when WWE pay per views weren't on a Sunday because there was a time when they weren't. Yeah, but then you think about w, WWE have had you know used to have SmackDown on a Tuesday and they've had Taboo Tuesday and stuff like that. So I remember Taboo Tuesday, but SmackDown hey, was a weekly show. I yeah, mean, this, this is Tuesday like a big in card. Texas. Yeah, well, that was regards as a massive failure. Taboo Tuesday was moved to Sunday, like three editions in. I think it was the third one was yeah. Cyber Sunday. Yeah. Sounds more of a pornographic thing, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Who uses the word cyber in the 2000s? The 21st century using the word cyber for fuck's sake. Well, we're just hyping the main event and they're talking about, you know, cracks or potential cracks within the horsemen there. And All they're ever doing is talking about cracks. And no, not <laughs> pornographic this time, but there's, there's cracks with Sting and Luger. There's, there's cracks with Hogan and Savage and Hogan and Sting and all those various babyface combinations. The horsemen have obviously got the Pillman thing at this point working. Yeah, there's just cracks everywhere. So we've got the horsemen in the Carolinas. And they are, as you would think, they are getting a a warm response, which despite being the heels, they are going to get cheered because we're in the Carolinas. So it makes me interested to see how 
Hogan and Savage get? Uh, what reaction they get? Well, right now, as Flair and I make their entrance, I can tell you that Hulk Hogan is stood backstage having the uh, the finish of this match changed to a more emphatic one and the overall run time reduced by a few minutes. He may even <laughs> add the other horseman to make a four on two. Oh, no, wait, he'll pull that one off uncensored. We have covered that one, Dean, if you if you forgot. Yes. Hashtag five concussions. Go ahead, oh, Dean. yes. How, how can I forget that that amazing show? That's one of the times where you actually call upon your concussions. Come on, guys. Help me forget <laughs> Rinse, this. Yeah. Purge it from my from my bruised brain. And there is friend of the show, David Penzer. We love you, Dave. We know you're still listening. We hope you are. You notice we've stopped singing the praises of Man Called Sting just in the hopes it'd keep him listening to our podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it worked, to be honest. But he's a great guy. It was so kind of him to come and do an interview with us. Check out that episode. It's a, some great stories from his spell covering every Nitro. He was there ringside. The ring only man who was at every single Nitro. The rough and the smooth. Yep, so here comes Savage wearing Hogan's colours, coming out to Hogan's music with Hogan. Who the thought that Savage's unapologetic arse-licking of Hogan would actually dial down his ring gear relatively? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's still nauseating, but nowhere near as bad as some of his efforts. Yeah, but I just want i want him to be wearing a jacket that looks like a cat has accidentally eaten some highlighter pens and vomited it back up. <laughs> well, considering how well Sting and Page uh, worked this crowd and considering the elevated levels of star power in this, I mean, Sting's a big deal, but you've got Sting times four here. Or at least times three, depending on your views of Anderson as a as a big name. Um, this match should, if they if they stick to their strengths, uh, it shouldn't ruin this great show, surely, Dean. I mean, Anderson on his own isn't a big name at the level of you know Hogan, Savage, Flair. But when Anderson is teaming up with Flair, that is a main event caliber mm. team by without a shadow of a doubt. And he was the glue of that, the the exact members of that tag match I referred to earlier. I think it was Hogan and Sting versus Flair and Arn. I could be wrong. Yeah. But he was the glue of that with the little, he did the little heel cheating and the little facials and all that. You know, he, he brought those things and obviously the other guys brought the, the big reactions. And it was just, it punched above its weight, if I remember correctly. Mm. Now we've I'm just thinking we've had the last few weeks we've had an awful lot of Nitro main events featuring some combination of of Flair, Savage, Hogan. We're are we are we in danger of, of getting into kind of the repetitive main events? Potentially. It's also a bit of a if you think about it, it's an early insight into Bischoff's mentality that the stars are the stars and they will just rotate with each other. Mm. And it, it was only the fact that he was able to acquire Hall and Nash and run the new old order angle that gave us a break from that. And the only other person that he put in there was his mate Paige. If only Bischoff had realised that the new world order were the antidote to the stale systematic formula that he was he was sticking to. And we spoke about that on a couple of episodes. It was it was more than just one where we've said about how he, he had a tendency to categorise his wrestlers. He hired all these luchadors who brought a great product with them, but Bischoff would seem to be happy just having having them wrestle each other exclusively. Mm. He all he also tried to set up the the, the Mortal Kombat rip-off things where guys like Raph and Glacier and Ernest Miller fought only each other for a long time. Uh, you had Raven's flock and the, and the supporting characters. If he had his way, everyone would stay in their lanes. Here we go. So we've now got Hogan not selling the chop from 
from Flair in the Carolinas, that's going to antagonise the locals. I know it will, Dean, but to be fair, um, I still always... I, I, I eat up with a spoon when Flair gets his chops no-sold and then sells the other guys stuff like Gunshot. It's just perversely entertaining, no matter how much he does it. I'm sure I can hear people booing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. People are definitely booing Hogan there. I mean, but, not everyone. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, not people, the free rows of, of plants on the hard camera side. <laughs> a lot of people are cheering, but there are also people booing. Here's a question for you, Dean. If the history between Hogan and Flair and the future, I suppose, as well, uh, at this point in time, if it was a bit more even in the grand scheme of things, like Flair actually got the odd singles win in 94 over Hogan, for instance, do you think it a little bit more fairness and not a feeling of the same old, same old uh, Hogan out on top? Do you think that will maybe lead to the the flair lovers out here, maybe being able to appreciate flair doing what a bad guy does and, and getting his ass kicked in the early stages. Do you think they'd get more into it if they didn't know where it was going? Absolutely. I think, you know, from, from the, the very first match, the very first singles match they had, it was it bash at the beach 94, I think, wasn't it? Which was just absolute formulaic Hogan dominating. And your heart just sank a bit. And yeah, it's it's you know as you say, if if Flair had actually won some matches and put a bit of intrigue in, then it'd be different. And it's it's very similar in a way to to what happened in the eighties in in the UK with Big Daddy, where yeah. Big Daddy was the big draw. Big Daddy was the star of the show and the household name. But he never, ever lost. In fact, he didn't just never lose. He was never in trouble. He never took a bump. He never took an offensive move. And, and you know, there was no intrigue. And, and by the end of it, you know, no one wanted to see him anymore because um, it was just so predictable. Yeah, because I've got to say, as a fan, it's, it's something I feel that people, or not everyone in the industry, but especially those who, who find themselves guilty of being overly PR uh, trying to defend it and create a chasm between wrestlers and people in the industry and fans. Uh, something when they turn around and they say, ah, oh, fans should just enjoy the show. They shouldn't, they shouldn't get out of their bounds. They should boo the bad guys, cheer the good guys, just enjoy the show. They, they, it gets overlooked that sometimes these things do seep through to a fan's enjoyment. If you know that someone who who is well respected by a lot of people who watch this week in week out, and you want people to watch wrestling week in week out, uh, gets treated like such a joke, it's going to jade the audience. And yeah. not enough people in wrestling take responsibility for that, unfortunately. Flair has been put in the figure four by <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Hogan has just put the worst figure four because he doesn't know how to put it on properly. He's just put the worst figure four onto Anderson. That was like a guy in a pub trying to do it to his mate, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, there's a proper DDT. There was nothing fake about that DDT. I love how Arn looks like he is trying to break someone's neck, but obviously lands safe as houses with them. Hmm. Yeah, that, that Hogan figure four was like, pick, picture the, if you're not watching this along with us, because you can listen to this uh, and we'll cover it and we'll have a laugh and a joke, even if you're not watching along with a network or a dodgy stream or whatever. If you are not watching this with us, picture the Rock's sharpshooter. That was Hogan's <laughs> figure four. Or John Cena's STF. Oh, man, yes. So Flair is now in the ring with Savage. They're the legal men. Savage has taken a big, big bump to the to the outside and to the the guardrails. And so the heels are now dominating. But of course, they are dominating on Savage and not Hogan. Classic Heenan impartiality as well. <laughs> as in none at all. 
What did he say? I missed he, that. He just said little things like, on, kick him, get him. It's just ah. unapologetic. It's, that's the thing, right? Like, there's been so many like heel commentators after him. And a lot of them will, will will shit on good guys and things like that. Like, guys like JBL and Corey Graves always fail to grasp the beauty of what Heenan did was that Heenan made sure he came across like a cartoon character. Heenan was not to be taken seriously. People like JBL and Corey Graves break out in hives at the prospect of not being taken seriously. And so as heel guys, they, they sometimes go too far. And they missed the the entire point of what Heenan did better than anyone in his in his peak. Yeah, and if you're JBL, you also block people on Twitter if they point out a factual error you've made. Well, case in point, he he takes things too seriously. If you're that thin-skinned, you're not going to be able to pull off shitting on wrestlers on the product. Because as you've said many times, as any wrestling uh, industry veteran says, you, you don't make the guys you're wrestling or the guys you come to and look bad. Mm. If you're going to make a joke at their expense, you've got to be, you've got to be like when Al Murray is racist, you know, yeah. Al, Al Murray says it, but he's, he's the little Englander. He's the buffoon. He's the joke. Yeah. And people laugh because it's a buffoon saying it. So Savage just got a uh, sleeper hold on Anson, but Anson backed into the, the heel corner and they are continuing now to dominate Savage. You know, for all the sidebars we've gone on and all the uh, things we've mocked, not many, but a few, uh, this this has been enjoyable so far. Uh, they uh, they have stuck to the, the classic formula. And all, all four are well-known and popular. So it's a cherry on the, what's been a delicious cake of a night, Joe. I mean, this is the weakest match, but this isn't. This was never advertised as a great wrestling match. Mm. This is this is entertainment. It's also been the selling point. To be fair, you know, this mm. is a big match to put at the top of a Nitro broadcast, and uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's like what we said about Sting DDP. Sting DDP was was a step behind the uh, the first two matches from an in ring standpoint. It gave you a start. It gave you a good fun different match to the others if this continues to be good and doesn't turn into farce uh we've had four enjoyable extremely different matches on an hour's tv and uh savage now going for some quick small packages just to try and end the match quickly and then, as we've already seen in the regal guerrero match you know matches on tv on nitro can end quickly so there's no reason to doubt that that couldn't potentially be an end of the match i was going to say those, those small packages got a pop didn't they yeah and i think you're spot on as to why yeah apart from the fact that hogan obviously wants to get the pin <laughs> yeah, true but because of that finish earlier, they actually made me forget that Hogan was standing there waiting to do the usual later. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, well, maybe this will be it. Oh, wait, there's Hogan, yeah. After the fact. Oh. <laughs> Anderson went for the DDT again, but Savage this time held on to the rope. Oh, Flair, <laughs> Flair just went to knee him in the back and accidentally kneed him into Hogan. So now we've got Flair v. Hogan... And once again, Hogan <laughs> no selling for for Flair. But it was that little pose. He hit a huge chop. He actually did like a Shawn Michaels pose. Yeah. Did Flair drop to one knee, flex his muscles, and then walked into a punch? It's depressing, but also hilarious in another sense. And Hogan is now cleaning house on both Flair and Anderson. So Hogan and Flair's out, it's the sort of thing, yeah, you can lap it up with a spoon because it is entertaining, but when you see it every week and it ends the same way every week, yeah, you, you, you're you going to get diminishing returns. But Which yeah, is what I, I, I enjoyed that little moment. Here. Yeah, I think that's what's happening here. You know, you've got, you you look past those front few rows and you look up into the gods Spine and there's very little happening. And now we've got yeah. Hogan <laughs> no-selling the Spinebuster. And look, less and less people are reacting. 
did, did you also notice that, that this this match has been pretty yeah it's not been bad it's been pretty fluid but uh there was a very elaborate almost break the fourth wall moment where they made sure that Hogan and Anson were in the ring because that's what we need for the finish yeah quick get Hogan and Anson in the ring for the finish but here come the horsemen and the giant and the and the dungeon of doom Pillman and um, Benoit ran in but then Sullivan and yeah Sullivan and uh, Zodiac and giant are all in and now we've got the giant Going to choke slam. Oh, but yeah, can bear, Hogan's barely gone up for that. Awful looking. But we had some choke slams. Uh, I'm not going to lie. From a naturalistic point of view, I kind of enjoyed that choke slam. He's taken a, a, a tired Hogan who is just attacked already, and he's basically deadlifted him up. Uh, horses for courses, but I vibed that. I'm sure there was yeah, a story but... behind that, but. Yeah, but you should, you know, theoretically, if uh, if you've got the end of the the match and the guy's knackered, he's going to put up no resistance. He should be going up easier than harder, but it's gone yeah. up harder because Hogan sandbagged him, th- and I- that brings Nitro to an end. Yes, but come on, Dean, was that was that the best Nitro so far? It may that have was been. A, that was a very good Nitro. I think the key to it was what you said that we had four. Totally different matches. Yeah, lots of stars, lots of capable wrestlers. Uh, obviously, we know how big the WCW roster at this stage is, but it seems like they've got a real handle as to who they want on Nitro. Obviously, they want their names, but they know they want to wheel out the Guerreros and that. They're starting to have more faith in DDP on the TV show because most of the time he'd be wrestling on Saturday night at this stage. He's starting to make the transition. They, they've yep. got their hands, and it's... Only a matter of time before they go to two hours and they can start to show more of them off. Yeah, and I think you know that's where also they want to be bringing you know less less Hogan and and Savage at least in the matches. Yeah, maybe some angles and that, but you know we've had we've had Hogan and and Savage and and Flair and some you know some combination thereof for quite a few weeks. So. And I, I think we are starting to see the crowds turn against it. And yeah, just looking, we've got next week on Nitro, we've got Flair defending the world title against Sting, and then we've got Hogan and Meng. So Hogan's on again, and Savage is on again okay. against Luger. So I, ha- I have to ask you, Dean, and everyone listening, I have to implore you to, to stick it out a little bit because... One, do you know, sometimes there's certain things going through this chronologically reminds us of things we've forgotten. It shows us things we didn't even realise, even as those W fans, to be honest. But there are certain things that stick in your mind, such as like uh, Medusa showing up with the yeah. women's title belt. And you're like, that's got to be happening. Right? You'll notice I had a particular one those when I was sensing because certain things do stick in my mind, particularly and uh, I had a spidey sense of Paul Warndorf being put out of action. That I was like, I think this could be it. I think this could be it. One of those is coming, and it's quite a famous one. And it me it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but it's going to be a singles match with a very popular result for us that we should just enjoy for what it is. And I think that's only, as you said, if it's Hogan Meng, to, not to give too much away, but if it's Hogan Meng next week, it's not next week. But it's okay. very soon, and we're going to enjoy it when it happens. Cool. Also, um, also worth noting, the, the reason that there's only three matches listed on Raw is because they decided to show the full Bret Hart, David Boy Smith match from In Your House on Raw. Plus, we had the introduction of the ringmaster, Steve Austin, who obviously then becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin and is the man who, not quite single-handedly, but is one of the cornerstones to WWE, WWF as it was, then turning the corner in the Monday Night Wars. Because Bischoff didn't view him as marketable. Black trunks. (laughs) Yeah, black boots, black trunks, not marketable. 
So yes, it's all, it's all bubbling and bubbling under nicely. Let's and say we'll that. We'll be tracking it, and we're looking forward to that. But it's worth remembering, Dean, that if if Steve Austin showed up on WWE's doorstep now, he probably would have the Ice McDagger name. <laughs> Chili McFreeze. Chili McFreeze. Yes. Cool. So that brings episode number 19 of Nitro to an end. And I'd say, all in all, a thumbs up, a definite, easy thumbs up. I'm so glad that episode 50 of Because WCW was a, was a low-key banger of a Nitro. Because, let's face it, the ratio of, of good to shit covering <laughs> any given WCW production isn't in favour of getting a, a, a nice show. So for this landmark to be marked with a very enjoyable hour of television, even if you do need a bit of hindsight to enjoy, I'm sure if we'd have been watching it live in 95, we would probably would have shat on the main event a bit more, given our allegiances, similar to those guys in the crowd who are dissenting. But you know what? Looking back, that was a fun main event, and the three matches before it were great. It breezed by and... There's more to come in 96. Indeed. Indeed there is. So just before we go, just want to give you a couple of reminders. As we mentioned, if you live anywhere near Sussex on the south coast of England, I will be in action managing the Amazon Aisha Raymond, as seen on the May Young Classic, and her tag team partner Astrid the Viking against the international globe-trotting duo of Zan Phoenix and Zoe Lucas. That's on February the 20th um, at the Northbrook Theatre in Worthing. You can get tickets for that and all of uh, Premier Promotions future shows at ticketsource.co.uk forward slash Premier dash promotions. That's ticketsource.co.uk forward slash Premier dash promotions. Um, they've got a show Tuesday, February the 18th at the Uckfield Civic Centre. And then, as I said, Feb- February the 20th, which is a Thursday at the Northbrook Theatre in Worthing. And, of course, our good friends at Hooked on Wrestling are gearing up for their WrestleMania 36 viewing parties. They are happening all over the UK. Um, if you go to hookedontickets.co.uk, you'll be able to buy tickets directly from the website there. But they are taking place at Triple Kirks in Aberdeen, the Walkabout in Glasgow, the Crafty Chandler in Liverpool, Asper's Casino in Newcastle, the Walkabout in Brighton, Tribal Bar and Grill in Hull, Walkabout Printworks in Manchester, Walkabout in Leeds, uh, London Shoreditch, that's at the, um, what's it called, the Sports Bar. Sports Bar and Grill, yes. And Grill, Old yeah. Street Station. Uh, Eleven's Bar and Grill in Cardiff. Uh, London Bridge at Belushi's. And I think there may be a few more announced in the coming weeks as well. So hookedontickets.co.uk for those. Right. Well, that brings us to an end. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of Because WCW. We really do appreciate each and every one of you who take the trouble to download us. Please rate and review us as well. And you can follow us on Twitter at BecauseWCW on Facebook.com forward slash BecauseWCW. So on behalf of my co-host, the sports communist, Liam Hatt, this is me, the Twisted Genius, Dean saying thanks for joining us, and I'll see you ringside.